welcome to Your Career Podcast. If you're looking for inspiration in your career or job search, you're at the right place. I'm Jane Jackson, your career management coach and author of Navigating Career Crossroads. For more career advice and support, go to janejacksoncoach.com and find all you need to create the career of your dreams. The hardest thing is setting up a party because the whole system is geared to not letting minor parties come to fruition. So I did that and I did that like a typical small business owner. I was scrappy. I, you know, I, I did serve every single customer myself in, in getting thousands of people to sign membership forms and, and taking it to the next level. And then you spend a lot of the time crossing your fingers in setting up a political party and you just hope that everyone else is is going to be there with you on D-Day when the Electoral Commission makes big decisions. Welcome to Jane Jackson Careers, a podcast that takes your career to the next level. Here's your host, Jane Jackson, author of Amazon Careers bestseller, Navigating Career Crossroads. What an honour to interview Angela Vitulkas, who's a second-term independent councillor at the City of Sydney, is a multiple award-winning 30-year small business owner, entrepreneur and advocate. In this podcast episode, I'm delighted to be speaking with Angela because we discuss her early career aspirations, how she was born into a family business environment, and how now she's transitioning from entrepreneurship to politician as the leader of the Small Business Party. During our interview, we discussed the challenges of balancing a political career with all the other responsibilities that Angela holds. She is phenomenally inspirational, and she's a woman who is truly making an impact for all small business owners. And let's welcome Angela Vitoukas to the show. Hi, Angela. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, I'm so thrilled. I've been so looking forward to talking to you, Angela, because we met quite a few years ago at the Vivo Cafe, uh, Eagle Waves Radio, long, long time ago now. And I've been so impressed with everything that you've done, the small business and also your career, because you're a, like a serial entrepreneur, <laughs> businesswoman. And I feel like that. Yeah. And there's just so much value that, that you have within you that I'd like to tap into it for the listeners today. So how about, just to kick us off, can you tell Tell us a little bit about what your early career aspirations were when you were a little girl. So I'm sure many people probably have heard me say this many times, but I feel that uh, retail or hospitality was always something that I was born into because my my mother has always been a small business owner and, and, and self-employed is what we used to call it. Mm. We didn't call it entrepreneur. Uh, and she went into labour with me and literally I was almost born in, in her shop. So her waters broke, she kept going, she got through the lunch rush, then she went off to hospital and had me. Uh, many years later, I, when I was three years old, I caught my first shoplifters. There were three little boys that, that came into my mum's shop and I, I took care of them very quickly. So it's always been retail and hospitality has always been in my blood and I never doubted for a moment that that's where I was going to go. But at some point during school and, and that whole pressure of being a migrant child my parents desperately wanted me to get an education. But 
I rebelled at that and very quickly left school, high school, before I finished to go straight into a shop with them. So it was always going to be that. It was never going to be politics, I promise. (laughs) And so did you always think, okay, I'm going to be part of the family business or were you sort of cutting your teeth in the family business and thinking, oh, I want to do something on my own one day? We've always worked together as a family and my mum and dad worked together their whole lives. It's not something I recommend for married couples because I can see how much pressure it put on them. Uh, But my brother and I were always in the shops Uh, We left school at the same time. We both were in a hurry to get started. We could see how entrepreneurial my parents were without even knowing that word. And we just were in such a rush to get started. But the only way my father would allow us to come into the family business was under the proviso that at least for the very beginning, we were apprentices. And we actually spent the first two years in the family business without the staff knowing who we were. Because yeah. Dad was determined that we start from the bottom up, and and we did, we did. Mm-hmm. And what was the family business? So at that time when we first started, we had a uh, a takeaway shop in William Street, um, in the city, in Sydney, or just outside. And I was in the kitchen. Uh, I was the smallest person, literally, of stature in the business, and I used to get forced to do clean the rotisserie every day because I could get into it. My whole body could walk into it. I'd go home every night with bits of chicken in my hair and, you know, the dog next door thought I was dinner because he could smell me coming a long way away. And it, it, it wasn't the prettiest part of the job, but I tell you, no one cleans, cleans an oven like me and I have a, always had a healthy respect moving forward for people who did the dirty jobs and how important they were to the business. So while chefs are full of their own importance, um, it's often the kitchen hands that are the glue to any business in, in food and hospitality and they always had a I always have a soft spot for them. Mm. I mean it's so true because you, you need an entire team to run a business. It's not just one side and we often only see the owner or whoever's in front of the PR campaign or whatever Correct. it is. But there's so many people behind pulling together, yes. uh, you know, really making the, the, the wheels turn. Um, yes. but you have to appreciate them as well. So so I guess well, you've got a strong understanding of what it takes to motivate a team as well. And it's it's always a challenge when you are a small business owner because you think you know best and you think because it's your business and you have so much ownership of it and possession of it that no one else could possibly know more than you or, or want to do as good a job as you. So the hardest challenge for me in business as we grew was letting go because I often say, and I, you know, repeatedly, I never served every single customer myself. In fact, there were days where my customer skills were the worst in the business and definitely my team's was the best. And I often say to people, stand back from that because your your team don't have the same pressure as you to either close a deal or serve the customer or in that minute they don't take it as personal as you do. So if I ever got negative feedback from a customer, in my early days, I would often get my back up about that. I would, you know, kind of say, take it very personal and say, well, you know, I don't believe you or how could that not be have been the best you ever had? And when someone's trying to give you feedback, you need to take that in a positive way because you get a chance to improve. Whereas, you know, as a very young person in business, I often didn't see it that way. So the more time I spent in business decades later, I was very happy to have the staff being more the face of the business and me being more the operations because they were definitely doing it better than me. 
Mm. And so from those early days when you were working in your family business, when was it that you decided, mm, I'm going to try something myself? It's actually my, my father was the one to push me out of the nest. So he was the one that um, said to me, he sat down with my brother and I and said, look, we found a new spot for a new business, but that's as much as I'm going to do here. It's now time for you guys to fall over uh, and, and pick yourselves up by yourself. So we we put in money, we had saved ourselves and we were all equal partners, the four of us, but mum and dad had taken a step back and it was the first business in 1986. My brother and I designed and built our first business together and it was our first true partnership venture moving forward. And we were, let's just say that the opening was a huge dud uh, it took it took a year for my brother and I to actually work out how we where we fit into a business and, and what our roles truly were. And it was an awful, awful time to cut our business. And I was so ego driven in those days. I even named the business after myself. And it was the first and last time I, I was ever going to do that. And I, I I think I learned so many lessons of that because dad was there to push me to do it. I think I would have preferred to have stayed very much in the comfort zone of, of the family business being protected by it a lot. But to his to his detriment, he did start me on a taste of independence and I, I never looked back from there. I'm I'm not I know he was proud eventually, but I, I know that many times over the years that we clashed, I could often see that look on his face of what have I done? <laughs> why why did I allow this to happen so so much when they were in the prime of their lives in business as well mm. so it he was been, he was very brave yeah it would have been very interesting for them to watch you know their, their two children uh setting up a business struggling with the business learning yes. through it because I always think you know, a failure is a good thing because you learn so much you learn what what not to do how you could do it better and you do. And, and did you turn it around in the end we did. We did. Um, we've we've always been very fortunate in that we've hit some low spots a lot through the years as we've grown, but we've always had a lot of success in business. We've managed to always turn everything around. I'm very pleased to say that all of our business always set a benchmark when we sold them, which is very important when you're flipping a business and, and, and your whole business is built on goodwill. And it's good to know that you're handing over a business that someone else is going to make some money from as well and grow in a different way. And you would think that throughout the years and the decades of having those kind of successes that you're future-proof in some way or insulated against failure. But as my life progressed, I have unfortunately come to realise that no matter how good you are or how much business experience you have or how much success you you gain along the way, you are unfortunately never protected from hiccups in life that often have nothing to do with you and suddenly rear their ugly head and you're taken up in a tsunami that can wipe out a business and and we've been there as well. So to anyone that's achieved great highs in business, I salute you. And to anyone that has survived a tsunami in business and been wiped out, I hear you because recovering from that, as it turns out, is the hardest thing I'll ever do. 
Mm. And I think all of the experience that you've had in your career, your entrepreneurial career to date, has really put you in a good position to really understand what uh, business owners go through. Because, you know, looking at your amazing LinkedIn profile that I've downloaded as a PDF and printed off, which is multiple pages, you've won so many awards. And I just want to mention them because you've won the City of Sydney Business of the Year Award, the City of Sydney Cafe of the Year, New South Wales Entrepreneur of the Year and 2007 Telstra Women's Business Owner of the Year. And in 2017, you were named as one of nine most influential female entrepreneurs by the Sydney Morning Herald. Now, that is phenomenal, Angela, phenomenal. And so I think you know know what you're talking about. Now, fast forward a number of years, and Mm -hmm. you are now, well, you've you've, you've entered the political realm now, you brave lady. (laughs) Yes, I feel like a crash test dummy most days in politics. (laughs) Oh, there's so much to learn, isn't there? But you, you've been um, councillor of the City of Sydney, um, as well as obviously, you know, running your own radio station, uh, Eagle Waves Radio, which is a fantastic platform too. But now, as the founder of the Small Business Political Party um, and an election coming up, there's yes. not a lot to talk about, isn't there? So tell yes, me, I'm, how did I'm running, I'm running a parallel life. I'm, I'm, I'm not a superhero with a day job. I'm I'm a mixture of things. I've I'm, look. My star sign is a Gemini, and they say that there are two people in in that relationship, and I never believed that until now. I I fell into this uh, in 2012 uh, when I was first elected as a councillor with the City of Sydney, and any startup will tell you that the beginning is always hard, and you're competing with big fish in a big big pond. And everybody told me in 2012 that it couldn't be done because I took a seat off one of Australia's most um, outstanding politicians. The, the Lord Mayor of the City of Sydney, Clover Moore, is a 30-year career politician who's never lost an election. And you, you couldn't possibly fathom, whether you're in business or politics, what that means until you come smack up against a machine like that. So I've I've won a seat twice in that particular political world in 2012 and 2016 at a great cost to me in, in business and, and financially because I'm, I'm completely on my own. Big, when you're part of a big main political party, you have all of the influence and structure and, and finance that comes with it. I didn't have anything, including absolutely bugger all experience. It seemed like a good idea at the time because the businesses in the City of Sydney didn't have a voice or representation in local government where all of their rate-paying amounts were going. So to give people an idea of perspective, the City of Sydney collects half a billion dollars a year in ratepayers' money and 85% of that, thereabouts, comes from businesses and they have no representation in local government. And I wanted to change that. So I stumbled in a, in a world where it seemed so much more straightforward to do it than not do it. Um, it was a, a very hard lesson, but we got elected and we did it again in 2016. And I realised from there, the, the parallel life that I've been running all that time was I was still keeping all my businesses and juggling those up in the air. I was still running my small business podcasting platform of Eagle Waves Radio. I was doing all of that, plus I'd taken on a political role. And I was entrenched in this world of of being half in a foot in one world and a foot in the other world and and how much they 
crossed paths constantly. But suddenly I came up against a state government policy and and light rail burned deeply Mm. uh, in the city. And, And that also meant that now I had three legs because one leg was in a a local political world that was privy to the light rail coming into the city. As a business owner, I was going to be impacted by it. And then suddenly in a state level, there was no representation again for small businesses who were going to be impacted. And that is where the rest of the journey started. Mm. And with with your fingers in so many pies, as a woman battling so much with little experience in the political arena. How, how did you handle it? How did you get up to speed? So I very much approached it in, as a small business owner and I didn't, I didn't realise till I'd attended my first what, what we'll call a board meeting, which is a council meeting, because councils are essentially a board. Mm. And the City of Sydney is a mini parliament version of, of state government. Uh, and I... I had no idea. I'm, I like to think I'm a quick learner because most small business owners are. You, you really have to become experienced immediately. And I observed. I'm not shy, so I wasn't scared of asking questions when I didn't know something. And, and turns out that most politicians don't do that. They fake it. Not till they make it. They just fake it until nobody realises that they have no idea what's going on. But I wanted to learn, so I really entrenched myself into asking a lot of questions. But as it turns out, all of my decades of small business experience, which include worrying about regulations, doing all the paperwork, reading leases, understanding what loans were, understanding financials, all of those things that I was already doing in my businesses were exactly the kind of skills I needed to be part of a board like local government, like the City of Sydney. So I had a lot of experience that I didn't realise, real-life experience, which enabled me to read through tenders and documents and 6,000 pieces of policy on a fortnightly basis. I was used to reading it and, if I'm allowed to say a a semi-naughty word, my bullshit antenna is pretty fairly well honed. So I, I picked that out pretty quickly. And I think the staff in the city appreciated someone with real-life experience mm. and they always knew that I didn't ask a question I hadn't already was aware of the answer. Yeah. So it, it's made for an interesting several years in council uh, and, you know, then progressing and saying to myself one day, why doesn't small business have better representation at another level? and that included state and federally. And I came up with another typical small business idea. How hard can it be to set up a state and federal political party? (laughs) Well, the answer is it it takes about 700 days, two years. It is the hardest thing I have ever done in my entire life, and that includes flipping 20-odd businesses. Uh, It is the hardest thing I have ever done. I don't know yet if it's the most satisfying thing I've ever done because, as I said, all political careers end in failure. And if you know you're on that trajectory, it's it's very hard to come to terms with that emotionally and mentally. Mm. Now, we were talking about this earlier before we started the podcast was how uh, business owners, you're, you're always thinking about how can I build the business for longevity and if you're yes. successful, the business goes on and on and on. However, in a political career, you know that it's limited. It's, and, that's right. And that's so right. there's a big risk there as well, especially when you're up against career politicians. 
and political machines mm. that have been entrenched for a hundred years. Yeah. Well, that's that's why I didn't call the party the Angela Vithulpas Party. I called it the Small Business Party because I wanted a succession plan. Mm. I wanted a strategy where younger people uh, or more enthusiastic people, smarter people than me, could come into it and and pick it up and run with it. The the hardest thing is setting up a party because the whole system is geared to not letting minor parties come to fruition. So I did that and I did that like a typical small business owner. I was scrappy. I, you know, I, I did serve every single customer myself in, in getting thousands of people to sign membership forms and, and taking it to the next level. And then you spend a lot of the time crossing your fingers in setting up a political party and you just hope that everyone else is, is going to be there with you on D-Day when the Electoral Commission makes big decisions. But I've, I've come to realise that it's, it's more than just hard work. The political world is every minute of every day involves a strategy. Everything you say, breathe, eat, every move you make is geared toward beating someone. And that is not what small business owners are about. Every day we're about growing and hoping and about being positive. In politics, every day is about being negative. And I'm trying to not have that. I am I am trying to bring all the positives of the small business world into politics. I don't know if I'm succeeding in that, but I am definitely trying for my own sanity, if for nothing else. Mm. You know, I, I really like it that you're trying to bring so much positivity in, into what you do politically, because whenever, you know, there, there's a political campaign going on, an election coming up as we do, you know, we've got an election coming up here in Australia very, very soon too, um, what you notice are the negative campaigns. Yes. And I always, whenever I see one, I'm thinking, oh, for goodness sake, why yes. don't you just talk about what you are going to do to help the community and the country rather than tearing someone else down? <laughs> it's focus on the positives that you can bring rather than saying they're no good. It, to me, it, it's, it's sort of counterintuitive because as, as a career coach, it's all about positive, the world of possibilities. Let's make everything better and isn't that what politics is all about as well so I'm really glad it, that's how you feel. It should be it mm. should be because the very people who are going to be making those decisions the voters mm. are disgusted if you mm. will with the way that these children and that's what they're like are carrying on and where they think that they exploit everyone else's weaknesses and that they gain strength from it. You're right it's exactly the opposite to what a coach would try and get out of their client and what a small business owner is trying to achieve every day. Well, I'm so glad that you're there as the small business champion. <laughs> Makes me feel a darn sight better too, Angela. So I'm, you're I'm safeguarding, I'm safeguarding it. Yeah, I think that's so important. Now, I'm sure the listeners would like to find out more about you. So can you tell us where can we find you? Uh, what's the best way to reach you if you want to find out more information? So I'm, I'm very easy to reach, turns out, and I'm being very glad about that. Often people that call me potential voters are surprised that I answer my own phone. I do. Um, so there are two websites you can go to. There's the smallbusinessparty.com and you'll find out um, a, a little bit about me because it's not always about me, uh, about the other candidates that are running on behalf of the Small Business Party in New South Wales and Victoria for the federal election. We've just completed the state one. 
And of course, they can go to my own personal website, which is angelavithulkas.com.au, which is my name. I know it's not easy to spell, but um, you will find it very quickly. I'm right across social media. It's exceptionally easy to find me. Mm-hmm. And if anyone does want to get in touch with me, I do answer emails. I do answer the phone. Uh, I'm a typical busy small business owner doing 100 things a million miles an hour, and I wouldn't have it any other way. And I will have all of those uh, websites, URLs and social media handles on my show notes at janejacksoncoach.com forward slash podcast. And also, Angela, if anyone wants to meet you on the 15th of May, 2019, if you're listening before that date, um, Angela's going to be speaking at um, the LinkedIn Local Sydney networking event that Gillian Bullock and I co-host at the Executive Centre at I'll have the link in my show notes as well, but all you need to do is to go to Eventbrite and look for LinkedIn Local Sydney, 15th of May, and you can meet Angela and have a good chat with her then too. Very, uh, I'm very excited, Jane, because this is my first non-political public appearance, I think, mm-hmm. in, in a year. Mm. And during, so during forward this, to it. And during this event, what Angela is going to be talking about is the power of storytelling. We'll be hearing a very good story from Angela. So anyone who attends is going to be really lucky. <laughs> and I've been Thank so you. lucky to have you on the show. No, Thank you so much for joining. The privilege, the privilege is honour and, and honour is all mine. It's, it's not often I, I get asked to do things that aren't political mm. and I appreciate them and, and enjoy them so much. Thank you. And you know what's really interesting? I usually interview people who've transitioned from corporate into entrepreneurship and how they made the transition but now I'm interviewing you who's who's made this transition from entrepreneurship to politics so this is very exciting this is a fantastic episode thank you so much for your time Angela thank you very much and I look forward to seeing you on the 15th of May me too me too thank you If you enjoyed this podcast, look for Your Career Podcast on iTunes and leave a review. And for all the career management support you need to create your dream career, visit janejacksoncoach.com and join my Careers Academy for live career webinars, group coaching, one-on-one coaching support, as well as my online career development courses. Isn't it time you found your dream job? You've been listening to Jane Jackson Careers. Sign up to receive regular career advice at janejacksoncoach.com. Thanks for joining me today. For affordable career help, please check out my career success program. I provide a unique blend of online and live career coaching to help you take control of every aspect of your career or career change. If you aren't aware where you want to be in your career, let's talk. Check it out at thecareersacademy.online. The links are in my show notes.